smiling faces today, and I'm glad we've got a cool place for you to sit for the next hour or so. We don't have to be outside. Isn't that great? Wow. Okay. I think it's great. Obviously, y'all don't work outside very much. I have an exciting uh, set of announcements for you this morning. Uh, We have a throne room encounter this Saturday, Saturday evening, 7 to 8 p.m., a time to spend in God's presence right here in this room. It's just a time of praise and worship, Bible reading, uh, a little bit of uh, uh, a little bit of time. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. So it's a great way to end the week. Seven o'clock Saturday night. Uh, one thing I'd like you to consider uh, out in the lobby is a petition on the table. That's uh, as you're going outside towards the big parking lot. There's a petition there. It's from a group called the Moms of Lampasas. And uh, they have a petition out there that I'd like you to consider to sign. If you have an objection to uh, Walmart displaying morally objectionable material in their uh, store, would you just please sign that so they can send that to corporate and hopefully get that changed? Uh, There's more information about that on the petition if you'd like to read it. Um, On to better news. July 15th. We're going to have a church-wide pool party at the Hannah Springs Pool from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. So we're going to wait till it's just a little bit cooler. The pool's going to be closed to everybody but New Covenant, so it's just us, just friends and family there. We're going to have some meat, a little snack while we're there, and just a good time of fellowship. So 7.30 to 9.30, July 15th at Hannah Springs Pool. It's free, so there's no reason you shouldn't come. Stand up with me this morning as we get ready to enter to praise and worship. We have the Lord's Supper set up on both sides of the auditorium for you. We have uh, giving opportunities outside in the lobby. There's boxes on the wall if you'd like to worship with your tithes and offerings. Father God, thank you this morning that you are already here amongst us. Holy Spirit, we welcome your leading here today. Lord, I ask that you would just speak to us in a corporate and personal way. Father God, let us know who you are and let us also know what you would have us do for you and your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wandering into the night Wanting a place to hide This weary soul this bag of bones I try with all my mind But I just can't win the fight Oh, I'm slowly drifting A vagabond And just when I ran out of the road I met a man I didn't know And he told me that I Because he healed my heart, changed my name. Forever I am not the same. I am the master, I am the savior. I thank God. Cannot deny what I've seen. Got no choice but to believe all my doubts are burning. Like ashes in the wind 
So, so long to all my old friends Burden and bitterness You can just keep them moving on No, you ain't welcome here From now until I walk the streets of gold I sing how you saved my soul This wayward son has found his way back Because it healed my heart Changed my name Forever free I'm not the same I thank the master I thank the savior I thank God Hell lost another one I am free, I am free, I am free. Hell lost another one, I am free, I am free, I am free. Hell lost another one, I am free, I am free, I am free. Hell lost another one, I am free, I am free, I am free. Hell lost another one. It's the sound of my redemption 
It's the sound of victory. It's the sound of hallelujahs. It's the sound of angels sing. We're singing sounds of joyous laughter. It's the sound of jubilee. It's the sound of children dancing to the song of you are my king. And it's the sound of my redemption. It's the sound of victory. It's the sound of hallelujahs. It's the sound of angels sing. Yeah, we're singing sounds of joyous laughter. Oh, it's the sound of jubilee. It's the sound of children dancing to the song of your heart. Cause you are my king, you are my king, I will sing. Cause you are my king, you are my king, I will sing. Cause you are my king. La 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 Lost in your love, lost in your love. 
Do the 
I just swore to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there's peace within your presence I speak Jesus And I just won't speak the name of Jesus Every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there was hope and there was freedom Oh, I speak Jesus And your name is power And your name is healing Your name is life And break every stronghold Shine through the shadows Burn like a fire I just won't speak the name of Jesus Ever fear and all anxiety Every soul held captive by depression Do I speak Jesus? And your name is power And your name is healing Jesus said the streets Jesus said the darkness over every enemy Jesus for my family I speak the holy name of Jesus Lift your voices church Shout Jesus from the mountains Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness over every enemy Jesus for my family I speak the holy name Oh Jesus Your name is power Your name is healing Your
down through those shadows Burn like a fire Maybe there's something that's been pulling you. Here's a moment where you can just pray to yourself. You can sing out loud. You can sing different words. All of that is acceptable. We're just going to kind of soak here for a little bit and give anyone who wants an opportunity to do that. sisters in Jesus Christ. Lord, in your name has been proclaimed from before the beginning and will be proclaimed for all eternity. Lord, I thank you that you've been with generations past. You are with this generation and future generation to generation and generation. Lord, and we speak the name of Jesus. Lord, we speak uh, your will. Lord, Jesus taught us to pray, our Father in heaven, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. And we pray that your will, as it has been done, will be done today and all the way to the end, Father, till you uh, complete everything. When every knee bows and every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ alone is Lord. Father, we find peace, we find comfort, we find hope in your name and in no other name. Lord, thank you. We give all glory and honor and praise to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We are so glad that you are with us this morning. Well, I think this is the third week that we've all been trying to find our new seats. <laughs> Has everybody found a spot that you've staked as your own? Uh, 
I think Pastor Daryl shared a few weeks ago, we, uh, for quite some time, we'd just been hearing a word that we needed a, a space, place, and time for ministry time, and we really felt led to give a little bit more space on both sides of the sanctuary for ministry, and after the, at the end of the service, you'll have an opportunity to respond, receive prayer and ministry time at both sides of the sanctuary, and we would encourage you and invite you to do that, um, and that was one of the main reasons for that. Uh, when it changed, we went from six sections to four sections, so just know that nobody got to keep their old seat. It was an equal opportunity change. We're still figuring out our own over, over here with my family and I. Um, well, this morning, we are starting a new series on the mind of Christ, and we're going to be looking at multiple passages that refer to the mind of Christ and Jesus being the head of the body, meaning the body of Christ, his church. To better understand the breadth of what these passages entail, we need to have a clear definition of the mind and brain. We know that the brain is a complex organ that controls thought, memory, emotion, touch, motor skills, vision, breathing, temperature, hunger, and every process that regulates our body. Together, the brain and the spinal cord that extends from it makes up our central nervous system. This series fits hand in hand with the series that Pastor Daryl just completed on the Holy Spirit. We'll get into it more as the series goes along, but if we were to describe the spiritual makeup of the body of Christ in physical terms, which the Bible clearly does, Jesus Christ is the head, the brain, the mind of the church. Colossians 1.18 says exactly that. It says Jesus Christ is the head of the body, the church. With Jesus Christ being the head and the mind of the body, the Holy Spirit would be the central nervous system. The Holy Spirit is the one carrying the signals and commands from the mind of Christ to the parts of the body, meaning each of us and every other believer that is part of the body of Christ. Jesus said in John 16, 13, that he would send the Holy Spirit to us and he would guide us into all truth. For us to live as the body of Christ, we need to know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ. And we need to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We also need a different way of thinking, a different perspective. And this is so much easier said than done. I don't think we fully comprehend how much we hold on to our own way of thinking or our old way of thinking. The Bible refers to this old way of thinking as walking in the flesh or the natural mind. John Kenneth Galbraith sums it up well, how we hold on to this old way of thinking. He said this, Faced with the choice between changing one's mind and proving that there is no need to do so, Almost everyone gets busy on the proof. Candy would amen this for (laughs) her interactions with me. We hold very tightly to the mindsets that we've built over our lifetime. Right or wrong, we're convinced they're right. We will rarely consider even the possibility that we could be wrong. Rather than consider changing an incorrect thought pattern, we will immediately get to work on proving that what we already presume to know is true. 
Did you know that there's a difference between making up our mind and really making up our mind? Dave Ramsey refers to this as finally getting to the point of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. We might say that we're tired of being broke, and we may mean it. But until we are tired enough to actually start changing our way of thinking, changing our habits, maybe even changing how and what we do, nothing is going to change. I'll give you a couple personal examples. Do you know how many times in my life I've said in my mind and agreed with my mind that today I'm going to start eating better? And can you imagine how many times at the end of that day when I look back and what I actually did and accomplished did not line up with the agreement I had with my brain and myself that very morning? Unfortunately, that's been far more likely than not. There has been a period in my life, a a few years, where I did eat right and I did exercise, and lo and behold, everything they say is true. You get healthier, you lose weight. When you do both, diet and exercise, it really works. The interesting thing during that time was I actually had people throughout the whole time I was doing it that tried to convince me to stop. They were like, you're doing too much, you're going too far. And I was like, really? You're not like, no encouragement. It was like, hey, come back and join the rest of us in in unhealthy eating. Well, I did. (laughs) And now I can't get back. And I know you'll all, uh, whether in your own personal experience or if you're just a parent uh, with children, could agree with this statement. When we were children or, uh, or you have children, that it's very difficult to make them do things. Like, there, there are certain things that we can require them to do, but there's a difference between getting them to do something and them actually agreeing with it, you know, that it's in their heart. You've all heard that uh, statement where the, the mom's telling the little child to sit down, and he's like, well, I'm sitting on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. <laughs> that, that's usually the way we are about anything. Well, uh, if you've ever tried to get your children to learn how to save money, whether it's for a particular thing or uh, just in general, that it's good to save and give and, uh, and then have some to spend. It's very difficult, even if you can make them do it a little bit, to actually get them to line up in their way of thinking. Well, I wasn't a very good saver when I was a kid either, um, actually, and didn't have much to save, period. Uh, usually anything that came in went right out, right out the door on some little thing that, that I had enough money for. But that all changed in 1988, In 1988, the Game Boy came out. And in 1989, uh, I I was about 12 years old, and I decided, man, I want a Game Boy. And there was no way in the world that I could afford a Game Boy. I mean, I was 12 12 years old, had zero net worth, and these things with one game was close to $150. $150 in 1989 was a lot of money to a 12-year-old. $150 $150 to a 12-year-old today is quite a bit of money if you don't have you know, some form of income. But I wanted one so bad. Everything in me agreed with my mind that I needed a Game Boy. And uh, we got something in the mail, and it's interesting. I told the first service it must have been from God 
because we never got one before, and I never saw one after. But you know the school fundraisers that you'll, you buy popcorn or cards or all the different stuff, but it's for a cause. Well, this one was for no cause other than to sell product and make money. And so as a child, if you took this door to door and sold it, for every item I sold, I would get $1. Well, I was like, this is my ticket to a Game Boy. And I took this thing, and I went door to door. I went to the whole neighborhood. Uh, I talked to every person I knew, everybody in our family, everybody I didn't know. I mean, I was on track, and just on, on, I was going to make this goal. And let me tell you something. My parents never once had to encourage me. They never once had to remind me to do it. They could have cared less. They didn't care if I had a Game Boy or not. This was, this was my deal. But can you imagine if they had have said... Chris, you need to go make $150. And to do that, you need to sell these products. And you better go out there and make it happen. You think I'd have made $150? No way. No way they could have made me do that. But they never once had to do anything because my mind agreed with every fiber of my being that I was going to get a Game Boy. And I did everything I possibly could do. And I sold above and beyond those items. And I got my Game Boy in game. (laughs) Yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah, I don't know that it was productive. I don't know that it was a good thing. But man, I made it happen. Well, this the thought behind this is the root and the purpose of this entire series. Not that we need to get in our mind and, and positive thinking or any of that garbage or that if you think it and dream it, you can make it happen. There's a lot of things like that example that, yeah, we might make, be able to make it happen, but that doesn't make it good. What I want us to understand is when, when we line up with the right mind and the right thinking, it makes it easier. It doesn't make it easy. It makes it easier to do what we're supposed to. So do you think that was easy for me as a 12-year-old boy to sell 150 things that nobody wants? I mean, <laughs> really, I mean, this is useless garbage that I'm trying to sell for 10 and $12 so I get a dollar. I'm surprised more people didn't just give me a dollar and send me on my way. But if we can line up with the mind of Christ and let his mind flow into our actions. It's not going to make it easy, but it's going to make it easier. It's how we get to the place of walking in the spirit and not in the flesh, walking with a spiritual mindset and not the natural mindset that we were born with. And that is what we're going to be digging into for the next five weeks as we look at the mind of Christ. But I thank God that the answer is not for us to fix or correct our natural mind or incorrect ways of thinking on our own because that would be an impossible task. We believe in the transforming power of Jesus Christ in our lives. Part of our mission statement is that we love God and love people by knowing Jesus who transforms our lives and sets us free. And he doesn't just set our soul free, he sets our mind free. It is only by the power of Jesus Christ that our mind can be transformed and set free. 
It is through Jesus Christ that we receive the Holy Spirit who then carries the signals from Jesus Christ, the head of the body, to each and every part of the body of Christ. In Romans 12, 2, the Apostle Paul encourages us with these words. He said, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Do not be conformed. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. We can't transform anything on our own. It's a supernatural work of Jesus Christ, but we can participate with him in it, and he will do the work. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8 says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The description in verses 1 through 4 and the submission and servanthood of Jesus Christ described in verses 6 through 8 remind me of what Pastor Darrell shared with us last Sunday from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He replaced the word love with the name of Jesus. 1 John 4, 8 says that God is love. So that was a proper substitution. And it was so powerful to hear him read those words and read those words on the screen and in, in the word of God that we had in our hand. He said, Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus does not envy or boast. How can we live more like Jesus' example? How can we have a mind more like His? Philippians 2.5 says, This is the mind we are to have among ourselves, and it can be ours in Christ Jesus. There's a transformation that occurs through Christ Jesus that doesn't just change our mind, it transforms it. And it doesn't mean that our Christian walk won't take effort or work or determination or even getting back up again after we fall over and over again. But it does mean that if we are in Christ and our mind is being renewed, that we are trying to live a life that lines up with our transformed way of thinking, no longer in opposition to it. Before we were saved, we had a lost mind. We lived in the flesh. We didn't think according to the Spirit. But now as Christians, the Word tells us we can have a renewed mind and line up with the thinking of the mind of Christ. The word used for mind in Philippians chapter 2 is the Greek word phreneo. And it's translated mind in this passage, but it's also translated in other passages as think, 
regard, and to be like-minded. The definition includes to have understanding, be wise, to feel, to think, to be of the same mind, agreed together, cherish the same views, to direct one's mind, to think, to seek, or to strive for. Applying this full definition of what we just read in Philippians, we could say this, we are to be wise, of the same mind as other believers. We are to direct our mind to think, seek, and strive to love and be in unity while being humble and putting ourselves, uh, putting others before ourselves. And we are able to do that when our mind has been transformed and the mind that we have among us is the mind of Christ himself. The next passage that we're going to look at uses a different Greek word for mind. It would be more of what we would normally think of when we think of the mind or the brain. And it's used consistently in this manner throughout the New Testament. And we're going to look at the definition prior to reading this passage. The root word in Greek is the word nous. And it's translated 17 times as mind and 7 times as the word understanding. Here's its definition. First, just the mind. Comprising alike the faculties of perceiving and understanding and those of feeling, judging, determining, the intellectual faculty, the understanding, reason in the narrower sense as the capacity for spiritual truth, the higher power of the soul, the faculty of perceiving divine things, of recognizing goodness and of hating evil, the power of considering and judging soberly, calmly, and impartially, particular mode of thinking and judging, i.e. thoughts, feelings, purposes, desires. This really lines up with the definition of the brain that we read earlier. It literally encompasses everything about us. The passage we are about to read is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1-16. through 16. And the definition that we just read applies to every instance of the word mind that we'll see in this passage. This passage will be central throughout this series. And this letter to the Corinthians is the same letter written by the Apostle Paul that refers to the gifts of the Holy Spirit that Pastor Darrell just finished his series on. Pastor Darrell was focused on chapters 12, 13, and 14 of this same letter. Again, I think all of this fits together well, which really makes sense considering it all comes from the same letter to the Corinthians. I'm going to go pretty quick through this passage this morning, but we'll go deeper into it and get more practical as we go through the series. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1-16. through 16. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. So that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. So the first thing that clearly stands out here is the mind of Christ stands in sharp contrast to the wisdom of man. 
Let me say that again. The mind of Christ stands in sharp contrast to the wisdom of man. Verse 7, But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. In verses 7 through 11, we see that the mind of Christ involves wisdom and truth from God, which Jesus said would be imparted to us through the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit comprehends the thoughts of God, and the Holy Spirit shares those things with us that we might understand. Verse 13, and we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. I referenced this earlier, referring to it as the flesh or the natural mind. The mind of Christ cannot be understood by those without the Spirit. They're natural persons. They're still dead in their sins. Verse 15, The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ and revelation of the Holy Spirit gives believers spiritual person's discernment in spiritual matters. And verse 16 finishes with the key verse for this whole series. We, believers in Jesus Christ, have the mind of Christ. And I think one of our first reactions to reading a passage like that is, well, that can't be true. I can't have the mind of Christ. That'd be heretical to say something like that. I can't be like Christ. And I'm certainly not um, insinuating that we can be little gods and um, deity, you know, ourselves or get to that point. But the scripture says very clearly here, we have the mind of Christ. Well, how can that be possible? Well, we just read it a moment ago. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He's the body, the head of the body of Christ. I have a body and I have a, a brain with a mind that, while science has figured out lots of things, they still can't figure out why it really works or how it works. You each have a body and a mind. We're only born with one. You can't have another physical brain than the one in your head. Well, that's what we just read in Scripture. The body of Christ, the church, has one head, one brain, one mind, and it's the mind of Jesus Christ. We, as the body of Christ, have the mind of Christ. We can line up with the thinking of Jesus Christ if we'll receive 
the signals, the transmissions, the words, the visions that come from the mind of Christ to the body of Christ. You know, Paul used the example in, in another passage that we're you know, all parts of the body, and he uses the larger parts, you know, the eye, the finger, the foot, different things like that. And I've always read that, and, and the pride that would be involved for us to say as an individual believer, like, oh, I'm the hand of the body of Christ. Oh, we're not the hand. We're not even a a finger or a fingernail or even a hair on the head. We'd be one cell or one part of one cell. If that. What is true is we're all part of the body. And all the body works together. Our physical body works together. And everything in the body is controlled by our brain. Most of it unconsciously or subconsciously. Do you remind your body to keep your temperature at, what is it, 97.8? Is that right? 98.6, yeah. It's been a long time since I was in science class. 98.6. We don't tell our body to regulate its temperature. It does it on its own, but that's a function of the mind. We can't even begin to comprehend the complexity of God's creation and the complexity of the body of Christ that is is controlled by the mind of Christ. That is being transmitted through the voice and the word of the Holy Spirit. But he's doing it. He's accomplishing it. He has from before the beginning of time and he will to the end of time. And we can trust him. But we have to participate in that process and we have to walk with him in that process. And we need to get a new perspective and a new understanding and understand how we can walk in that with the whole body of Christ. New Covenant Church as a whole is only one small part of the body of Christ in Lampasas. Let alone our state or our nation or our world. But God is working through the entire body of Christ to accomplish everything that he said he will accomplish. And he will do it. He will do it. And he is doing it. And we, in our transformed uh, soul and mind in Christ Jesus, can now line up with the proper thinking, the proper perspective of the mind of Christ if we'll listen. If we'll be in a relationship with our Heavenly Father. If we'll pour in the Word of God into our minds, into our hearts. And it's no longer fighting that natural mind because we've been given a new mind. We've been transformed and we can walk in that in Jesus Christ and by following the Holy Spirit. There's a a book that Eugene Peterson wrote called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. He makes a great point on having a correct biblical perspective and as I was reading it, I really just felt, he, he didn't tie it this way, but just with everything that I've been studying and looking at, I really felt it lines up with us being in the mind of Christ. He said, too many Christians accept their own personal experience on important matters such as answered prayer, God's judgment, Christ's forgiveness, and eternal salvation. The only person they consult is themselves. And the only experience they evaluate is the most recent 10 minutes. But we need other experiences. The community of experience of brothers and sisters in the church. The centuries 
of experience provided by our biblical ancestors. A Christian who has David in his bones, Jeremiah in his bloodstream, Paul in his fingertips, and Christ in his heart, and I would also add brain, will know how much and how little value to put on his own momentary feelings and experiences of the past week. Biblical and church history is a good memory for what doesn't work. And remember that memory is part of our brain as well. It is also a good memory of what does work. If we define the nature of our lives by the mistake of the moment or the defeat of the hour or the boredom of the day, we will define it wrongly. We need roots in the past to give obedience, ballast, and breadth. We need a vision of the future to give obedience, direction, and goal. And they must be connected. We have to learn how to have a perspective that is broader than the boundaries between the date of our own birth and death. I believe the only way we can attain the right perspective, God's perspective, is by having the mind of Christ. It is part of the transformation when we were taken from death to life in Christ Jesus. But it is also something we must participate in with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We can literally pour this proper perspective and proper reality into our minds as we read and study the Word of God. As we pray, as we have conversations with our Father in heaven that were made possible by the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made on the cross and restored that relationship. And build an ever-increasing intimate relationship with Him. Our Christ-like mind and memory can be developed as we learn the history of what God has done. We won't be limited to our own natural thoughts and memory. We can also have his mind for the future as we have a hope in his promises yet to come. How arrogant can we be that we think our experience, whether it's the last 10 minutes, the last 10 years, 44 years, 70 years, 90 years, whatever we think uh, we may attain in our life, that that amount of spirit experience would give us an understanding of God. He is so far beyond our thoughts and our ways. But He has said He would reveal all truth to us through His Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I will not leave you alone. I will not leave you orphans. I am going to send you a helper. It's better that I go. And he'll be the head, the mind of the body of Christ. And the Holy Spirit would tell us everything. We just read a moment ago, no one, nothing, no one outside of your own body knows your thoughts except your spirit. And we just read in the scripture that no one outside of the Holy Spirit knows the thoughts of God. But through the mind of Christ and through the Holy Spirit, he will help us understand. He will give us those words. And we can trust that He is leading the entire body of Christ. All we have to do is line up with the proper way of thinking. Will you bow your head with me as we close in prayer? For those of our ministry team, you can go ahead and come forward.
What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you this morning? What words, what images, what visions? He's absolutely speaking. He's transmitting every moment of every day, 24-7. The question is, are we, are we hearing? Do we know him and are we responding? My prayer this morning is that whatever he's speaking to you this morning, that you will be open to hear it and that you will respond, whatever that may be. I was just reminded again, I opened with it this morning, but just praying that one part of the Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. He said, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. His thoughts. His will. His ways. His emotions. His feelings. Every, everything that needs to be communicated to the body of Christ, that it would be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's our prayer this morning. Father God, let your will be done. Let the body of Christ respond to you like never before. Father, I pray for obedience to your word. Lord, I pray that you will Speak to us through your word, through your Holy Spirit, that we would have, and, and even through our relationships with other brothers and sisters in Christ and those throughout history as we read and study what they learned through your word. God, that we wouldn't get our perspective on this world and this reality from our own life, from our small perspective, but that we would get it from you and through the Holy Spirit. Lord, reveal your truth to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. As we close in song and as Evan leads us, please feel free to come and get ministered to by our ministry teams.
fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, welcome here. Comfort this place and fill the thank you for your holy word. Lord, we thank you that it leads and guides us and directs us. Father, thank you that Jesus Christ is the head of the body of Christ. Lord, that that we can absolutely trust him, that he and you are good and full of love. Literally, our love beyond what we can even comprehend is love. Father, we thank you Lord, that you are busy at work and that you are accomplishing everything that you've intended. And it will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And all saints of every age till the end of the age will give you glory, honor, and praise when it's all accomplished. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. The ministry teams are still available. Um, If you need to pick up your kids or if you would like to continue worshiping, you can do that as well too.